0: The spirit of the Lord is in this place. Somebody's been speaking doubt to your life. Somebody's been telling you what you can't do and what you're not capable of. I don't know who you are. But to all those voices in your head that say you'll never be anything and you'll never overcome, I just want you to whisper right where you are, Jesus. Somebody's told you that Your best days are behind you and that you're going to ride into the sunset. But I want you to look at that 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 negativity and say, God still has life in me. And as long as there's breath in my body, God has a purpose and a plan for my life. If that's you, will you speak Jesus? Somebody struggling in their body. With sickness, and it won't go away, and it's always poor health, poor eating habits, poor choices, uh, poor, poor no exercise, and you can never seem to get a rhythm or consistency in your life. Right now, I want you to speak Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah opportunities of a lifetime must be seized within the lifetime of the opportunity. What does that mean? That means that sometimes God will open up a window, and you only have a brief moment to receive what he has in that window. He told Moses, I'm going to cover your face, and my glory is going to pass by you. You can't see it all the time, but for this particular moment, I am going to let you see my Shekinah glory, and I'm going to let my back pass back past back you, Moses, and my glory go. The glory of God God is in this room right now. If you need something right now, we don't get in a hurry. Why don't you slip your hand up to heaven and say, Lord, I believe you. Speak Jesus over it right now. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you're going to speak because your servant's listen, and We give you praise and thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Clap your hands and give God praise. Give God thanks on this week that is set aside and dedicated for us to think about the things that make us thankful. Our scripture today comes from the book of Luke, chapter 17, starting in verse 11 through 19. They're working on some things in the back. If they can get that up, that'd be great. I don't, we don't need them up just yet, guys. You can pull that down. Luke 17, through 19. I want to keep them waiting and in suspense. Luke 11... 17, 11 through 19, and it reads this, and you can read with me. I love to hear the sound of your voices. I love to see you. Ready and read. Now, on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee, and he was going into a village. Ten men who had leprosy and met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus asked, where, not all ten cleansed, where are the other nine? Has one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said, rise and go, your faith has made you well. This morning I want to speak to you from a topic and a subtopic today. The topic is called reasons, and you'll understand that in a minute, but our subtopic is Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm going on school. I just want to say thank you. You may be seated in the presence of God. I'm from the South, and from the South, the South is the, the bedrock of hospitality. Mississippi is known as the hospitality state. It is a place where good manners prevail. It is a place where we try at all times to be polite and nice to people, and we believe in an attitude of gratitude. In the South, it is so polite that even when you find somebody that's getting on your nerves, even when somebody says something that's crazy and out of the way, we won't even say that was dumb and stupid. Why would you say that? We look at you with a smile and say, Well bless your heart. (laughs) We are a thankful and a generous and a giving people and We've learned something that I've learned naturally as I come up, that it doesn't hurt anybody just to say thank you. It never hurts anybody to say thank you. I was looking at a post from uh, a friend and he was talking about them saving somebody's life and nobody seemed to care. Somebody was choking on some food and then he mentioned it would've even been nice for the person that we saved to say thank you. They didn't even take the time to say thank you. In this rushed and bustle of life, we try to go place to place. We're always in a hurry, busy going nowhere. Have you ever been passed by somebody on the highway, and they pass around you, and they act like they're going 100 miles an hour, and they pass you like you're going five, just to realize that in 30 seconds, y'all both going to be sitting at the same stoplight together? Always in a hurry going nowhere, always ungrateful for what you have. The more you get, the more you want. You can't be satisfied with anything. You, no matter what happens in life if you get $10 you're mad because you don't have 20 if you get a 1000 you get mad because you don't have 10000 if you have a car and it's barely running but you don't have to walk you're mad because you don't have a Lexus and if you have a Lexus you're mad because you don't have a BMW and you have an apartment and can't be thankful for the apartment because you don't have to sleep outside you're mad because you don't have a house and if you have a house you're mad because the house is too small and if the house is not big enough you're mad because you don't have Imagine we are a people in our westernized culture that are not really thankful for anything, and thankfulness or unthankfulness is a robber, it is a thief. We can become thankless, but it is important for us to be thankful. If you look at the etymology of the word thankful and break down the word, you can switch the points, switch the last part from the first one and say, I'm not thankful, but I'm full of thanks. Life would be a lot better. People will be a lot less stressed. People will be a lot less on edge if they were full of thanks, if they found reasons to be thankful grateful instead of reasons to be negative if they found reasons to pray for their leaders instead of reasons to tear them down if they found reasons to pray for people who had differences with them rather than reasons to hate those people that had differences the world would be a better place and I see these people in our text that Jesus has met and they are in between two cities neither city wants them because they are not just Jews or Samaritans they're Jews and Samaritans, as you read through the text, you can contextualize it, and we'll get to that in a second, but neither Samaria nor Galilee want them because they have leprosy they have a disease that would be akin to our modern day coronavirus or aids or ebola they have something that is highly contagious and i won't spend much time on it today but it was bad it was so bad that not only were they ostracized from this, uh, from from having that but they had to recognize and tell people what they had today we have hipaa we have medical privacy you can have all sorts of things going on and nobody would know and you'd look fine and healthy on the outside but they were were so battered from the psychological warfare that was being going on to them because every time somebody would come near them when they said, hey, how you doing? Instead of saying, hey, they have to scream out, unclean. Don't touch me because I'm unclean. Don't touch me because I'm addicted to pornography. <laughs> Don't touch me because I have anger issues. Don't, don't touch me because I have a nasty attitude. Don't touch me because I'm addicted to drugs. Don't touch me because I'm addicted to fornication. They had to declare what it was that was wrong with them, that was ostracizing them from society. They didn't have cell phones where they could hide their dirt, but they had to tell everybody what was wrong with them. They were in a bad situation. Not only were they hurting, but they had to have their pain on display for everybody to see. Nobody could cover their shame. Nobody could have sympathy for their sickness. Nobody could give them a compassionate drink of water because everybody judged them according to their condition of their skin and not according to the condition of what was on the inside of them. didn't matter if they were a nice person. It didn't matter if they were a good person. It didn't matter if they were rich or if they were poor. People judged them based on what they could See, we don't have any people like that in America today, do we, that judge people on outward appearances, judge people on mistakes while we hide our mistakes. These people were in a bad situation. That's why people like things like Jerry Springer and Maura Povich and all these crazy shows because they watch them because as long as I look at your dysfunction, I can pretend that I don't have any. And here it is. These people are in a precarious situation because sometimes leprosy is healed, but most times it is not. And they did what we did this morning. That was amazing. You guys missed it uh, uh, this morning, even in worship rehearsal. Worship rehearsal was like church. I almost said, well, they late. Let's go home. We're finished <laughs> because we had a wonderful time of worship. And they did what we sung about. They spoke the name of Jesus. They said, Jesus, have mercy on us. And Jesus looked at them and he had mercy and he told them, go show yourself to the priest. Now, those that were Jewish people knew that. In order to be declared clean from leprosy, they had to go show themselves to the priest. You couldn't just be clean. The priest had to declare you clean. And they begin to walk. And the Bible says as they begin to walk, they notice that they were healed. They got their healing, but none of them seemed to come back. And before we judge them too quickly, it's not too different from those of us. Have you ever seen somebody in the church that praised God when they were poor and didn't have any money and they were struggling and all of a sudden they got a job and they couldn't come to church because they had to work the job? Or those people who would walk to to church because they didn't have a ride or they would catch a ride. And when God blessed them with a car, they weren't at church on Sunday because they had to wash the car. Unthankful. Always looking for reasons not to serve God. Instead of looking for reasons to serve God. God blessed you. It is because of God that we have any blessing in our life. It is because of God we have anything in our life that gives us something. And we ought to be careful that we don't use the very thing God blessed us with and become unthankful and use it as a reason to not serve God. These people were devout Jews. They they knew that what they were doing was wrong. They knew they should have come back and at least said, because when you don't think, see, thankfulness is worship. Thankfulness is acknowledging that you did something for me that I did not have the power to do for myself. Thankfulness is a way of connectivity with our Creator. I am thankful because I realize you are doing things for me that I could not do for myself. I don't know if you know it or not, but your job is not your provider. Jairah is your provider. And if Jairah decides that job is not going to be there, <laughs> You can apply for every job in the world, and if he don't want you to have it, you won't have it, and you can make a million dollars. And if God said, let that be a hole in your pocket, it doesn't matter. It'll come right in and come right out. So God is the reason that you have why you have. A lot of people have trouble with tithing and giving because they think it's their money, but it's not their money. The Bible said that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and everything that dwells in it all belongs to God. It's all his. But when we cease to be thankful, we take stuff for granted. We take it for granted that we got breath in our body. We take it for granted that we can get up and we take it for granted that we we, we, we are able to come to church. Some of us sit at home on Wednesday nights knowing that we could be at Bible study on Wednesday night. I'm not talking about this church. I'm talking all across America. People sit at home with excuse after excuse with why they can't serve God. Unthankfulness. I bet you if you needed to go somewhere went to the store you will find a way to the store but we find every reason and excuse why we can't come unthankful because we take the fact that we can go for granted While there are people that are losing their lives for the opportunity to serve Christ yeah. <laughs> I want to read this it's in the book of Romans chapter 1 Romans chapter 1 It's something that I want you to see starting at verse 18. And we're not going to stay here long because we're headed somewhere else. It says the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of people who suppress the truth with their wickedness. Since what may be known about God is plain to them because God has made it plain to them. In other words, God has made it evident that he's there. God has made it evident that you should worship me. God has made it evident that you should serve me. For since creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen being understood from what has been made so that people are without excuse but this is what I want you to see God has made it to where man knew who he was and could worship him but let's read that together it said for although they knew God they neither glorified him nor gave thanks to him but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened." see being unthankful will make you foolish Nebuchadnezzar didn't serve the God of the Bible, but the God of the Bible's grace allowed him to have what he had. But he couldn't be thankful to God for it, so he looked out among his seventh wonder of the world and looked among his hanging gardens in the Tower of Babylon and all his splendor. And he said, look what I have done. And God struck him down. And let his fingers grow out like talons and let feathers come on him. And he ran around for years like a beast until when God finally let him up, he, he, he opened his mouth and said, you know what? Everything I have is because of God in heaven. If you have health in your body, be thankful. If you have strength in your body, be thankful. We see these religious people who didn't take the time to give God Thanks. And the sad part about it is, you notice in the text it says, and the one that came back was a Samaritan. He was a person that didn't even know God. Somebody that didn't know God had more respect than the people that did. Do you know sometimes you can take a sinner off the street? And they'll be faithful and show up every Sunday and every Wednesday and everything you need to do at the church. I'm not saying this is not a works-based thing, but what I'm trying to do is prove a point. Those people will give everything they have for God because they realize what God brought them from. They realize that they could have OD'd. They realize that they they were at the bottom of the barrel and God has had mercy for them. But sometimes when we've been around for a while, we begin to take those things for granted. Can we be honest? We take them for granted. But I'm going to give you some reasons today. Some reasons that will help you to be thankful. Every time you feel yourself getting into that mold where your relationship with Christ starts to get a little stale and a little pale because we start to take Christ for granted. Because anybody who's been married or had any kind of friendship for any length of time know their relationships, passions, they wane, they go up, they go down, they go up, they go down, but they don't go up unless you put the work in. Somebody say put the work in. So I want to give you seven reasons today that we should be thankful. If you want this, I'll send you a copy of it but I wanted them to put it on the screen. Victor was trying to get a preview. I told him he couldn't look. (laughs) Let's read it together. I'm thankful because it's God's will and desire for me. Now, if I didn't do any more, we could stop at number one. I had to talk to one of my children, and I rarely do this because I have highly intelligent children, and I usually give them a little bit more latitude than we got when we were young, but this week, I played my mama and I said, they asked me, why should I do it? And I tried to reason with them and when they wouldn't let me reason, I said, I'll give you a good reason. Why? Because I said so, that's why. (laughs) And that's the only reason you need. We should be thankful because he said so. Let's read that scripture. It says what? Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. We always want to know if we're in the will of Christ. Well, be thankful. When you find yourself complaining, you are out of the will of God. Because complaining is the antithesis of thankfulness. If you're complaining about the government instead of praying for the government, you're out of the will of God. Uh Uh-oh. If you're complaining about the gas prices instead of praising God that you have money to buy gas, you are out of the will of God. If you pray, if you're out of the will of God, how do I know I'm out of the will of God? Go to the grocery store, and I'm pretty sure all of us lately have been out of the will of God when we look and it's $34 for a steak and we begin to complain. You are out of the will of God because you you couldn't have had money to get gas to get to the store and you can still have food to eat. If you can't eat a steak, Vienna wins, do just as good. Learn to be thankful for what you have because it's God's will. Let's go to number two. We have seven, so we're not going to linger. What's number two? Let's read it together. I'm thankful for what I didn't deserve that I did get. Let's read those scriptures that you may be children of your Father in heaven. He causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. And my favorite, let's read Romans 5 and 8. Somebody ought to shout with this. I'm going to let you shout today. When you get to the one that makes you shout, just go ahead and shout out. It's okay today. Let's read it. It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You ought to be thankful because you didn't get what you deserve. The Bible says that all of our righteousness is but a filthy rag. The Bible said that hell was made for the devil and his angels, but because of the wickedness of man, hell expanded itself. God could have said, I'm through, I'm done, I'm going to wipe them out and start over. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever would believe in them would not perish but have everlasting life. When you start getting down on life, when you start looking at your situation and being sad, you need to pull up this note and say, I'm thankful that I didn't get what I deserved. When you start looking down on other people and you're having trouble with forgiveness and you're having trouble with having compassion with other people. Like a pastor used to tell me, keep a mirror in your pocket and look at your own self and realize that you didn't get what you deserved either. And be grateful that you didn't get what you deserved. Number three. I'm thankful for what I did deserve that I did not get. Let's read it. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. (laughs) Aren't you glad that God doesn't give us what we deserve? The very definition of grace is unmerited favor, undeserved favor. You are here not because you're good. You're here because God's good. Because none of us are good enough to get into heaven. I don't care how good you are. I don't care if you pay your taxes, please pay your taxes. I don't care if you never lie or swear or cheat or drink or chew. You still spiritually are on the same plane as the whoremonger without Jesus. Morality doesn't get you into heaven. The blood of Jesus does. It's good to be moral because God wants us to be moral. But it should come from a place of thankfulness that I am living a life because I'm not saved because I work. But because I am saved, I do work. I work because I realize that every day I wake up, it's a new mercy because I realize what I deserve. Number four. Let's read it. I'm thankful because I'm not what I used to be. (laughs) Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone and the new is here. Each one of us have a past and if we'll be honest, most of us have a present. Some of our presence are more public than others. But I've come to tell you that despite your mistakes, if you love Jesus and you have decided to trust in him for your salvation, it does not matter what you did yesterday. You are still saved. you might have some stains on you, but his blood and his mercy will cover those. And you have an opportunity to get back up because you are a new creation. When people try to bring up what you used to do, what you can simply say is, I'm sorry, you have me mistaken for another person. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. In the spirit, a new thing has been done where you look like the same old person. That's great. But you see in my skin, you're not seeing my spirit because God has regenerated my spirit. And in the spirit realm, I understand how you can't understand that. Why? Because you're not spiritual and you're not spiritual. minded, And all you can see is my flesh. But if you could see my spirit, you could see what God has done on the inside of me. And you realize that I'm not the same person. You ought to be thankful that you're not what you used to be. Let's go to number five. I'm thankful because I'm not what I'm going to be let's read it when the perishable has been clothed with imperishable and the mortal with immortality then the saying that is written will come true death has been swallowed up in victory anybody who's had a headache or had a pain in your body or had sickness or surgery should ought to be thankful that you're not what you're going to be that if you love Jesus this is not the end and one day this body will perish but God's gonna give you a new model that doesn't even need a warranty because it's won't break down anymore that God is going to make you new. Even through the process of sanctification, even though your soul is saved, you have the opportunity to allow Christ to make you into a new creation. Every day you can become better, which means that I'm not who I used to be, but I'm still not who I'm going to be because every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before Hallelujah. I'm thankful because I'm not what I'm going to be. Stop letting people tell you negativity of what you are and bring up all your faults and all your habits because they got faults and they got habits, too. Just look at them. My mother, not my mother, but my sister, both of them used to sing a song and it would say this. Please be patient with me because God is not through with me yet. I can hear my sister right now saying if you should see me. And I'm not walking right. And if you should ever happen to view me and I'm not talking right, I want you to remember that my God is not through with me. And then they will both sing it in a clarion call because when God gets through with me, I'm going to be what he wants me to be. Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. <laughs> Hallelujah. When you look in the mirror and depression and anxiety, tell you other things and always bring up your your failings, just say, God is not through with me yet. Pardon my progress because I'm a work in progress. The king is still working. On me, And I'm so glad the person that is working on me is a master builder. He is a carpenter by physical trade and he is a builder by spiritual trade. Not only could Jesus build you a table, but Jesus can reconstruct your soul. Please be patient with me. God is not through with me yet. You ought to be thankful. That every time you wake up, you get another chance to be better than you were before. Reason number six. Let's read it together. I'm thankful for relationships that matter. Let's read these scriptures. One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin, but there is a friend That sticks closer than a brother. You may have a lot of people around you, but in life, you'll seldom have few real friends. I was talking to my brother the other day. I have a real close friend. He's probably going to watch this. He knows who who he is. Him and and another gentleman, they're real close friends of mine. And I needed some things. And before I needed them, he had them there. I finished preaching Sunday, hopped on a plane. My brother and I got to my mom's house to do a little construction work. We were buying things and buying tools. And he said, what are you getting? I said, I need a ladder. I need two ladders. Within minutes, ladders were at my house. I needed some other things, and we were working from can to can. We worked from early morning to the evening, carrying rocks and rebuilding stairs, doing all sorts of stuff, and we were having to get on the plane, and we were, we were, we were going to have to run to get on the plane. We didn't have time to eat. He called me and said, I know we didn't have time to get out there, but uh, tell me what you want. I'm bringing it. It's on the way. You will have a lot of people around you, but you will seldom have really true friends. And you know why I count him and another young gentleman a friend? Because they're not just with me when I'm up. They've been with me the whole time I was down. And they never turned their back on me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's when you need a friend that sometimes can stick closer than a brother. I've got brothers that are close friends like that. Be thankful for relationships that matter. Well, I don't have a lot of friends. Are you married? Yes. Well, that should be your best friend that you're married to. If it's not, be thankful that you're a work in progress and you can fix that today. Stop complaining that you don't have the marriage you want and start working to make the marriage you want. Be thankful that you have somebody because guess what? The one thing you complaining about is the other thing that somebody else wants. I've learned in Royal Oak that, that, that sometimes you throw out trash and before you can get it out, somebody on the side of the road digging through it, looking to see what they can get. That very person that you complained about is that very person somebody else waiting for you to throw out. You better be grateful for what you have. Let's read this next one. A friend loves at all time, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. There are some people that will be with you through very, very tough times. And those people prove themselves to be friends. I've often said you will really realize who are your friends in two situations. When they don't need you or you need them. You'll find out who your real friends are. But you need to be thankful. Because each of us have at least one relationship that matters. Even if your mama gone, your mama loved you. Please don't be like B.B. King. B.B. King sung a song that said, nobody loved me but my mother, and she could be jiving too. (laughs) I'm pretty sure at least your mother loved you. And if you don't have any earthly relationships, Jesus loves you. He trumps every other relationship in the world. Oh, how I love Jesus he first loved me let's go to verse 7 number 7 mm-hmm. let's read that I'm thankful for the things that money can't buy we're going to read that three times let's read it again I'm thankful for the things that money can't buy Now I want you to declare that real loud. Let's do it again. I'm thankful for the things that money can't buy. There are many people right now online preparing to spend themselves into oblivion. To buy gifts that people will throw away. To prove to people that they love them. But the real things in life that matter, money can't buy. The real things in life that have real consequence are invaluable. They cannot be purchased by a human. Your salvation is invaluable. It could not be purchased by anybody but Jesus. Let's read this scripture. 49, Psalms 49. Most people probably have never opened up Psalms 49, but Psalms 49, verse 7 through 8. Let's read it. No one can redeem the life of another or give to God a ransom for them. The ransom for a life is costly. No payment is ever enough. You ought to be thankful for life because money came by. If you woke up this morning and you had a pain, you ought to be thankful to God that you were able to feel it. Because the founder and CEO of Apple had more money than anybody else. But when cancer came, his money couldn't save him. There are many millionaires and billionaires in the world. Nothing wrong with wealth. God can use wealth to help people, that's fine. But your money can't go with you. you never seen a U-Haul behind a hearse And many times, we waste the one thing that money can't buy, which is our life, working overtime to make more money than we need to give a lifestyle that we really don't need so we'll be miserable. Spend all your time working for a house, and when you finally get enough money and it's paid for, you die. And you wasted your life. That doesn't mean don't work. If somebody listens to me, you need to work, man, don't work, you don't eat. But what I'm saying is priority is important. I love my job, but guess what? I love, love being here, but nothing is more important than those little girls out there working and that lady right there. Because my job won't be holding my hand when I take my last breath. I'm going to read a little bit more Psalms 49. 49. It's not on the screen, but I'm going to read it so you can hear it. The ransom of life for life is costly. No payment is ever enough so that they should live on forever or not see decay. For all can see that the wise die, that the foolish and the senseless also perish, leaving their wealth to others. Their tombs will remain their houses forever. Their dwellings in, for endless generations, though they had named lands after themselves. People, despite their wealth, do not endure. They are like the beasts that perish. This is the fate of those who trust in themselves and their followers who approve their sayings. They are like, that will be like lights and retweets, just in case you want to put that today. They are like sheep. And are destined to die death will be their shepherd but the upright will prevail over them in the morning what does that mean you may not have a lot of money on this earth but if you send up timber in righteousness god has a place for you that has streets paved with gold and you don't have to worry about potholes god's got something for you you may never be rich on this side and if you are god bless you i'm happy for you but god has something on the other side that money cannot buy Come on, you who have no money, come and eat. Oh Jesus! I want to let you know that because that is countercultural to our society today. Because everything in our society is about getting more and having more. And guess what? You can get, sometimes you need to say, "I've got enough." How many flat screen TVs do you need? Amen. How many pairs of shoes? Do you need Doug, Brother (laughs) Dave? How many hunting rifles and golf clubs do you need? How many will make you happy? None. Because you have to be thankful. I finish with this. Isaiah chapter 55, verse 1. It says, Come all who are thirsty. All you who are thirsty Mm. to the waters. Let's read it together. They got it. We're going to go down to verse 3. It says, come all you who are thirsty, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without cost. Verse 2 Why spend money on what is not bread and your labor on what does not satisfy? Listen, listen to me and eat what is good, and you will delight in the richest of fare. Give an ear and come to me. Listen that you may live. I will make an everlasting covenant with you. My faithful love promised to David. Just as he promised Israel. I come to you to tell you that the church has no socioeconomic status. Whether you make a million dollars or 50 million dollars, we're all on the same level here. He doesn't look at amounts. He looks at percents. That's why you can tithe because everybody gives their 10%. Your 10% may be different, but obedience is obedience. Everybody gives their offerings. Some have the ability to give more offerings than others. But at the end of the day, Let's not get caught up with the God of mammon and the God of materialism. That we can't be happy unless we need have a new toy. When I was young, I used to do that. My wife knew I couldn't pass a Best Buy. <laughs> I had to have the latest and the greatest gadget. I, she would always say, what gadget are you coming in the house with now? And then one day I went... And we went, and for my first time, my wife took me to Black Friday, and I was horrified, and I told her I would never (laughs) go back again. (laughs) And I saw people pushing each other. I saw a woman with a 60-plus-inch screen TV drop the TV on the head of her child, getting it in the basket picked up the TV, ignored the child, brushed the TV off, put it in, grabbed the child, and keep going. And I looked and I said, how much of life is wasted going after things that don't really matter? I want you to look to the left of you, to the right of you, to the front of you, or to the back of you. Just look at anybody. You've got a church member. You got a church family. Nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 That's man, Barbara. I'm looking at Sister Barbara. Money can't buy Sister Barbara. No. She's a sweet lady. Money can't buy Sister War for Jayless or, no. or 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 any of my friends here. Super sharp. hop says money can't buy them. Money can't buy any of you. And guess what? I wouldn't trade you for a million dollars. You are what money can't buy. So as we go into this season, let's not spend our time over Turkey arguing about politics or arguing about money or arguing about what we think. Let's spend the time being thankful that we're in the presence of what money Amen. stand over the building as Brother Dave comes I want you to ask yourself Holy Spirit speak to my heart tell me what I need to know hopefully the Spirit is speaking to you if you want those notes we can get those to you that's in case you're down you can put them up and print them I'll print them for you, laminate them if you want and you can go through the house finding a reason that you should be thankful. I'm thankful for each and every one of you. And I want you to have a wonderful holiday season. If you don't even have anybody to eat with, thankful that you can see another Thanksgiving. I want to charge you that if somebody in this church doesn't have anybody to be with, reach out and find them and spend some time with them this holiday season. Because we're all family. By the DNA of Jesus Christ. Some have already come to the altar, so I'm going to move out of the way. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for reasons. We're thankful and grateful for what you're doing in our lives. Lord, I pray that those that hear this will find joy and gladness in their hearts and keep a close perspective of what really matters. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. For the day.